podcast. It's me, Todd, and we have Andy, and this is the Writer's Block. Uh, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Hope you ate a lot of food. Um, you know, I hope I ate a lot of food as well, I guess. Yeah. I hope we ate a lot of food too, Andy. I hope um, so too. I'm assuming I'm going to. I live with Italian grandparents, so yeah, hopefully food, yeah. food is technically all we talk about in this household. So yeah, food, food is one of those things in life that it, it really provides a lot of uh, a lot of joy, kind of like music. You know, it's one of those things where if you don't have it in your life, I mean, if you don't have food in your life, you're probably not going to live much. But it's a good thing to have. Uh, good food, you know, Italian food, fresh sauce. You're technically not supposed to eat the sauce fresh. You're supposed to wait like a day or two. You don't eat it the same day you make it. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> uh, that is... Uh, let me write that down real quick. Let me see. Don't do the songs. For... <laughs> All right, so what, here's a random question. What what is a what does a Thanksgiving dinner look like in the uh, Kamara household? Uh, this is going to be my third Thanksgiving with them now, and it's just the three of us. And it's mm-hmm. just it's just a basic Thanksgiving dinner. It's turkey. It's sweet potato. Uh, traditional. Stuff. Yeah. Mashed potato stuffing, yeah, all that okay. stuff. Nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Not like we're not bringing it out. Like, well, she might make an antipast. I don't remember. Yeah, but it's not like we're not bringing out. It's not like Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve is a whole different ballgame. All right. Well, that brings up a follow-up question: What is dinner like on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? <laughs> Christmas Eve is the seven fishes, or they try to have the seven fishes. It's Alige, it's Kalamad, it's shrimp. Uh, uh, cod. I think she only does four now. She doesn't do all seven. All but right, there's so, a lot of food. Oh, and then there's a... So all cooked separately or like mixed together? In a oh, blender? no, it's all cooked. So there's macaroni and alige, macaroni and Kalamad. Uh, and then she bakes the... the the cod or the whatever i don't know if she does or salmon i know it's cod i think and then she has a seafood pate uh very mediterranean yeah Yeah. i mean so that's that yeah it's a little it's a step up from thanksgiving that was we didn't really have it last year because of covid but my first year it was definitely like different than what i was used to we used to have ham yeah. or uh, turkey on thanksgiving or on uh, christmas eve yeah at my other grandparents or other grandmother's house back in new york so when we, when i moved down here and i came and saw like all <laughs> seven fishes and just so much food it was just totally two different worlds yeah i feel like i think that my mom's usually make some i think she usually makes italian or not lasagna well, that's Italian food. Uh, on here, like stuffed shell, something like that. Uh, although we also sometimes have a ham. It's yeah, just one of those things where it's like make a lot of food, don't eat a quarter of it, and then mm-hmm. it sits in the fridge for a while. Yep, that's you know, pretty much how it goes. Yeah, finish it off by New Year's, hopefully. I mean, do you have a typical Thanksgiving or food or? Um, so yeah, it depends. Um, so like for years, uh, on Thanksgiving Day, I would be out of town with my grandparents. 
me, my sister, and my grandparents, we used to go to, to Daytona Beach every Thanksgiving for the, um, they have this big car show at Daytona, at the Daytona, Daytona Speedway. I think it's called uh, Tur- Daytona Turkey Ride Run or something. I can't remember exactly what it is. I haven't been there in years, but we used to do that every Thanksgiving. So I hadn't had a traditional like sit down Thanksgiving meal that wasn't in a hotel until I was like probably like 18 or something like that, which is weird, you know, in a way. Although it was also cool, you know, spending a week in Daytona Beach because it was, you know, as a kid, it's like cool to get out of town. But since then, we usually meet up with family out in Winter Haven. We have this giant, uh, you know, meal where everyone brings in stuff. You know, some people bring macaroni and cheese. Some people bring uh, rib roast. Everyone just brings everything. Yeah. Like one big like family thing. And so like this year, I think I'm, I'm making, I'm going to try to make fresh bread see how that works out and uh i think yeah so you know it's one of those kind of things it, it's kind of like a family get together hodgepodge bring whatever you want meal it's usually turkey and stuff like that but it's plenty of other food if you don't want turkey so it's hmm. pretty cool that is interesting that, that is, that's kind of fun too to see what because when you said ribs i would have never guessed well, uh, uh, a prime rib or whatever oh I, prime I rib yeah, okay like the, the big thing. yeah 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 okay yeah, I should clarify that. Yeah, my, my mom's boyfriend, he smokes it or roasts. I, I don't see, I'm not a barbecue person, not a barbecue, but I don't cook meats much. I don't know exactly what it's called or what the process is, but he, I think he roasts it in the. I was going to say, it sounds like you're, I think you, you, if it's a prime rib, it's, you roast it. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. I don't think you would, could smoke prime. I mean, you, I don't know. You probably could. It's really good. However, it doesn't. My uncle has a smoker, so he uses that a lot. Yeah, it's good stuff. With Longhorn seasoning. I don't know what my mom's boyfriend uses. He's got he's got a a cabinet with probably at least two hundred different spices in it, and I don't know Damn. if he uses ten of them. But jeez, he, maybe he uses a dash of every single one. But it's <laughs> really good. Like people. Our, our family at Winterhaven specifically requested that he make the same thing again this year. I think he made it because I don't think we did Thanksgiving last year because of COVID, but the previous year, 2019, I'm pretty sure he did. Um, pretty sure he made it for that. Or maybe he made it for, I can't remember. He made it for something. And then the people were like, do it again because it tastes good. Do it good. again. Yeah. <laughs> make the same thing. Thing tastes good. We want to eat good food, you know. <laughs> but yeah. So. <laughs> 10 minutes into the podcast. Who wants to hear about writing when we can talk about good food? Food, like yeah. Rib roasts. And or, I mean, that, that brings up a question of do you, how would you ever incorporate like cooking or food or like what kind of meals the like your characters are eating in the story? Because I know I've read books where they have to, like they put specifically what they're eating or what they're drinking i find it to be annoying and it's like i don't need to know that they're having white wine with you know clam um, chowder and a salad oh uh, i mean sometimes i do right i mean I, I don't know that it's worth it to go into super detail you know like the you know the main character ordered a steak medium rare they put the extra fork aside and used the main fork to cut through you know like i don't know there's like certain details that really aren't necessary i feel like you know about exactly what they're eating or how they're eating it or um if it adds to the moment in some way or if it adds to the 
the scene and maybe but it's the book i'm reading now they uh it's a uh, private investigator series and the guy always points out that he's you know he's eating lunch and this lab yesterday this he was meeting with his client and she got all she did was drink her like eight glasses of white wine and didn't touch her cough salad while he had iced tea was it iced tea i don't know or a beer with clam chowder yeah it's, and it's like i don't I, I, I get that you're trying to like, there was a conversation that was important to the story that went along with it, but it's like, I don't care that you're eating clam chowder. Yeah. I think generally speaking, like you could probably just generalize the food. Like the main character had a soup and a, and a soda, you know, you don't have to specify too much into it. Cause it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. And you know, like, you don't even remember what the ate. So like, what's the point of even going that detailed into it? Like, like Oh yeah, they had a, they had a sandwich. They had a soda, they had a beer, you know, just some kind of like little tidbit of information so that you know, like what they're doing, you know, like they're, you know, that they're drinking something, you know, that they're eating something. That's really all you need to know if you need to know it at all, I guess, you know, it, it depends on the situation, but odds are you probably don't need to write it in. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're published. I'm not. So I, <laughs> I guess I can't critique it too much. Yeah, in that case, start really detailing what your characters eat. <laughs> You know, and then exactly how much. You know, I had a, a quarter pound of steak, or and a couple of couple of plates of mashed potatoes, and not the bagged mashed potatoes, but fresh potatoes mashed in the kitchen. You know, like really go into detail. Yeah, because that's gonna that's gonna send it all. That's gonna be the tipping point. To you where can I'm... add a whole you can have a add a whole page to your novel by just really detailing exactly what's being eaten. Just list all the ingredients. You know? <laughs> that sounds absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Just start writing cookbooks. I could. That's what this is all leading to. You're writing cookbooks, yeah. Jesus. Kamara's Kitchen Cookbook. <laughs> Recipes from Grandmama. Kitchen spelled with a C, so it's three C's. Yeah, there, you go. there you go. That's what you call art right there. That's yeah, art right there. Media. Media. <laughs> Oh man! So what are, what are we talking about today? You um, you recently watched a webinar I did. by the Tampa Bay Times, previously known as the St. Petersburg Times. Yes. <laughs> oh, nice shirt. Yeah, it's such a random shirt, but uh, <laughs> thanks. Uh, your shirt's pretty cool too. Thanks. This it uh, it's a brewery back in New York, upstate uh, New York. Yeah. Yes. We're at in upstate New York. Is it in the, the Adirondacks? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right right in the middle. Right in the smack dab in the middle. At the top of uh, one of the peaks or something like that. Top of Whiteface Mountain, yeah. That'd be cool actually take the, the ice up there and melt it for your, you know, your brews. It's an idea. <laughs> That's definitely an idea. But yeah, we there was a webinar with uh Ace Atkins and Lisa Unger, and I found it uh, appealing because Ace, <clears throat> excuse me, Ace Atkins is one of the the state writers for Robert B. Parker's right. novels, and he's my favorite author that I've been reading a lot. So I was like, oh, I'll sign up for it. And then after the first ten minutes of everybody complaining that you know the micro, they sounded like they were underwater, <laughs> and sounds like fun. If it's just blowing up the chat. Not the Zoom chat. It was so unnecessary. 
But um, after that, it was, it was really interesting. And they started off with, uh, they talked about social media and modern technology and incorporating, uh, incorporating that into their novels. And Atkins actually said he doesn't really like putting modern day cell phones or using social media in his stories, but feels like he needs to, you know, because of the modern times and what he's trying to write about. And I know we talked about before trying to read or try to get away from modern, you know, issues or ideas. So it was interesting to hear that authors don't really like incorporating that sort of thing. Um, And then Lisa Unger actually said um, her book was about how texting and online dating, well, it incorporated that can affect the way we talk and then meet up with each other and she finds it interesting. So she liked to incorporate it a little bit more than Atkins did. So I guess that's the first prompt would, uh, so do you care? Like if you would write a new book in the next year, would you care having modern technology or do you prefer having, you know, it to have, you know, old police pagers and you know stuff like that it depends on the story um, yeah i i tend to use it's like when i write a a piece that takes place in contemporary times i tend to use whatever technology is available in the time so like in my previous couple novels you know i would utilize you know maybe for you know there's the character will use a dating app or something like that or they'll use whatever you know and so i'm i don't have any problem with it but what i what i would say is that there is kind of like this weird i don't know what genre i would call it but there's a category of media because this kind of applies to uh films or television as well where in their settings they leave out certain tech or key indicators of the time period so like um if you ever watched um let's see if you ever watched the show riverdale or if you played the video game Bully, you'll kind of know what I'm talking about, where those that game and that TV show, they seem to be taking place in the time when it's released, you know, in contemporary time. But you can't really place it. Like, it could, because of the technology either seems like it's older than when it takes place, or, it, you, know, it's, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure Riverdale's... I don't know if it's a spoof or a, a runoff of the Archie comics back in the yeah okay because I've right. read those I've never seen the show Riverdale but I've read the Archie comics. Yeah, I don't know if I could recommend the show. I mean it it's 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 good, but sometimes it's good because of how bad it is. But I don't know, that's a whole other conversation. I, I used to like the first episode, the first season I thought was pretty cool, and then it it. In some ways it got better and in some ways it got kind of far out and but that's a whole other question for another time i guess but probably you know I don't, it's not a bad show it's worth it if you have netflix and no other shows to watch but the, the reason i bring it up though is because it the show itself it takes place you know now like you know the new the new season just came out so it's taking place in 2021 or 2019 or whenever the season comes out so it's contemporary it's modern but it feels like it could be taking place in the 60s sometimes or it could be taking place in the the 80s you know because the cars are older or the music is you know the music's all over the place but like the whole show's all over the place to be honest but the only reason i bring it up is because 
the setting itself is kind of, it seems more, or the, the time period of it seems more vague because of the lack of technology. And I think that's an interesting dynamic because, and this also connects to the game Bully because there's, you know, there's like one scene that'll have a laptop, but then another scene that has a computer from the 1980s and, you know, there's not really much advanced technology. And so you, you kind of feel like you're in this loop that goes through the 80s and 90s or something like that, even though it probably takes place in the late 2000s, maybe. Okay. Anyways, it's the whole point is the, the effect that the absence of technology can have on the setting. You can make it feel a bit more timeless in a way, a little bit more maybe nostalgic as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever watched or read or seen anything that kind of fits that description where it takes place now, but it feels... Like it's not taking place now. You know uh, I mean? Off the top of my head, I can't think and like anything. I don't think so. No. Not that I could think of. It, it's a very like weird niche uh, category. Like I, I can only think of those two examples to be honest. But it's a neat. It's neat in that it it feels nostalgic in a way because it it feels like it's taking place in the past, but it takes place like right alongside. Right along. Okay. You know, right right now, right well, right when it's released, like that bully video game. Kate, came out in 2006 i think 2005 so playing it in 2005 you're thinking oh this just came out this is kind of cool but like it feels like it's 15 years ago or so you know it feels like it's a different time or maybe some kind of like parallel universe time frame where mm -hmm. technology didn't advance past 1990 you know it, it's i don't know how to perfectly explain it but that's kind of the that's my that was my first thought when you mentioned absence of i mean you know, i don't know what you you know, that's like absence of a lot of tech, I guess, in those ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I know. I think I didn't, I haven't really thought about it, but I know in the short, one of the short stories that I used my novel characters in, I just, I happened to mention Facebook to get like the missing, the missing uh, teenagers out, you know, out on Facebook to say, you know, look, be on the lookout, but I never really honed in on that. But because they talk about like it, it kind of really encompasses like it's really it's not plot driven, but it's it's there because they use I think in Atkins new book, the girl uses social media to prove her innocence because it's about actually a 1998 murder case in uh, St. Pete or Ybor City, I think that he covered because he used to cover for the same right for the St. Pete times. So he used like that kind of storyline, which we can touch about later, talk about later and then revamped it to modern times and made it like a, uh, a plot for his story. So he like, I guess modernized it and the younger new book hers was about online dating because it was called last girl ghosted in new york city <laughs> but and it because she also brought up um that you know social media is a way of telling people your daily life even if you like realize it or not the way you post things yeah. and you know and you know in a way she's like i tried to talk about it in my book but she didn't know if she really got it or not is that it disconnects you more than it actually connects you to people oh yeah which i found very interesting I kind of yeah. highlighted that fact, like that line that, because eh, I've never even thought about it like that. I know it's a little like off touch from writing, but 
yeah, I was going to say, like, it, as a side comment, yeah, the, the long-term effects, even short-term effects of uh, social media in general, like, I, I don't know that it's really all that positive. Like, a lot of, um, I, I think moving forward, I think, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you probably see, like, a turnaround on that in a way where maybe a lot more, you know, how some people now, they will take, like, a week off of Twitter or something like that, you know, put, put the phone down for a certain period of time or whatever, just like social media blackouts in a way. Yeah. Just well, cause you think about it, how like anytime I promote my story, uh, like a new story from my website and put it on social media and it's not, it doesn't get the, the jump that I'm looking for. You're like, okay, this sucks, but it's really, you know, you really don't even think that it, you're not really, connecting yourself with it because people are not always on social media they're busy they're not seeing what you're posting all the time so it's like they use i guess sometimes you think of social media as like the main focus on everybody's mind they're always on it so this is like okay this is how you're going to promote yourself and what's the form of like validation and stuff yeah yeah and how you have social media influence now that make gazillions of dollars to do 20 second short tiktok whatever things (laughs) yeah which is crazy yeah, that's, just, that's a like, whole side. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, can, you, can you take that whole framework and you apply that to like everyone that's in like high school and stuff like that? Like, I, I had Facebook in high school, but I never used Same. it for no. I, like I used it for Facebook Messenger just for like group projects. I never actually posted pictures of oh, my coffee. Facebook, so, Facebook memories. Some of the stuff that you put on your, I was like, oh my god, how the hell did I have friends? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I didn't put anything on there. I, I, I've since deleted that account actually because it's just I never use it and I I kind of regret deleting it obviously because now you know I kind of I'm kind of missing that established Facebook presence that I could be using to market my books but at the time I was like I don't want this that's anymore. that's the only really th- use I use Facebook for now is to promote my book and writing and stuff well I don't have a book but anyway not yet, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> and then after that they jumped into uh crime fiction and they both said it's kind of like journalism in a way because you have to be relevant and incorporate like what's going on which i thought was interesting being like yeah because you have to find like you got to make sure you have like uh unger had a clinical psychologist out in california that she used both for herself but also research to like for her books, if she incorporated like psychotherapy or whatever in her novel. And uh, that was interesting because you really, I realized that I was, I was writing, I was like, I have to go back and make sure that what I'm saying is actually what police officers do. Cause I'm yeah. not a, you know, I'm not a cop. <laughs> never studied to be a cop. I've only ever watched or read cop yeah. crime shows. So like you can take, and twist it a little bit, but it's kind of, it can't be skewed too much. Yeah. Like which makes it, it makes it a little bit harder. Okay. Especially in my case, when I'm writing small town, like they don't have, it's not like you're watching CSI where they have all these fancy high tech labs. Yeah. You have to send all this, like all like the evidence out to somebody else. Like you, yeah, you could have a person or something. Yeah. That's how I did it. You can do state or county. I did county. Just for sense. Because the uh, Robert Parker series, the Jesse Stone one that I like, they use states, homicide, and stuff like that. Where does it take place at? 
Uh, it's Massachusetts, but it's a, it's a, it's right out. It's called paradise, Massachusetts. It's on, they put it on the coast near Gloucester, but it's near Boston too. If I recall, isn't Massachusetts is a pretty small state, right? Comparatively speaking. Comparatively. Yeah. It's still, but if it's, it's small, but it's still. Because like, like theoretically, you know, I mean, it's like, you still wouldn't want an entire state probably uh having to send all of their you know evidence to one location but right. you could have like somehow you could have it divided by population you know like the Deep. the boston area or whatever and then you know i mean i don't really know much about See, that's the, i have to, i had a couple friends that are cops and there was one friend from high school that i thought i could reach out and use you know for information is but we kind of lost touch after a while like so i'm like oh i can't use him anymore for information just give him a call i could but or go to his <laughs> jurisdiction and kill somebody and then he'll come to you i could i could fly to upstate new york kill somebody and then wait by the by me like okay i'm gonna watch you do this in my book so i can write it in the next 40 years yeah <laughs> right while you're in prison and then when you make a lot of money off of it just buy your way out i'm sure if you paid the right people you can get out probably Probably if I had, yeah, I could and find then you can a defense about that. There you go. Now, and then after talking about crime fiction, they actually moved into endings, which we've talked about before. Like a bunch of the, the stuff, before they got into, I guess, viewer questions, a lot of the topics they talked about was what we've touched on before. Yeah. Which I found interesting. I was like, okay, it's not, we're not, <laughs> it's not just small, like, independent minute authors you know the the big name author new york Times bestseller ones actually have to think about this too like in a way it makes sense yeah uh so anger says she doesn't have like she doesn't come up with an ending she's organic she says she likes to have a natural evolution through the story mm-hmm. and then study like see how the psychology of eric each character grows I was like, huh, that's pretty interesting. Because I yeah. think the question was, how do you, if you have to write this like bang whole fight scene, like there's going to be blood every all over the walls, how do you, how do you set yourself up for it? I guess was the yeah. question. Like, how do you mentally prepare to write this? And Anger said she's she doesn't really have like she does if it happens, then it happens, but she's not, she doesn't go in. Hold on. Sorry, my cousin needed a hair tie. Anyway, <laughs> probably to play with my cat. Anyway, so touch it going back to the endings, like, so she doesn't have a mental like framework. So, you know, like I, I know I've said, I, I know how my story is going to end. And I think you've said, you know, how your story is going to end. Sometimes. I, but, now that I think about it, my first and third books, I think I, like I, I had a general idea of where I wanted it to end, but the exact uh, structure, the details, I didn't really have that. It was like, kind of like how, like, you know, at the end of the bad guy loses, right? But how does he lose? Who else might fall in trying to make them lose? Yeah. You know, like the whole situation, like the, the, whole, the whole framework isn't completely built yet. 
So, yeah, but I, for sure, I know how my novel's going to end. It's a matter of how the hell do I get there? <laughs> yeah. What's so, a, I would, like, like, so you could write the ending to your novel right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I could, full I could, I could give you a full, I don't know if it'd be a full, a full page on what's going to happen. I don't want to, because then it will ruin the whole, like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I, but I could, for, for, I mean, I could tell you off air, like, verbatim how I right. want it to end. So it's because like for my I think for my the fantasy stories that I want to do but those I mostly know how they're going to end but like I've got two I've got a number of other stories I'm working on like uh, I guess for that, that I've talked about it on occasion the sound of silence I know how that one ends I'm kind of just working towards that ending but for the climate one that I'm working on the dystopian apocalyptic future in a way that one I don't really know how that's going to end. I think I'm just going to piece it all together and see what happens. Well, because with my rational series, I know how each story was going to end, but it's still like my last, I, I don't know if I'll have a, another one to publish by the time Thanksgiving is here, but theoretically speaking, if I don't, I know I knew how the last one was going to end, but it's still vague enough to, there's not really an ending to the series. And I know I did a poll and people want more, but that's a side note. Anyway, uh, well, but I knew how each- Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming. I knew how each individual story was going to go end, but as a whole, I don't, I don't know oh, how, yeah. how, I don't know how I'm going to end it because it, 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 it's up in the air how, if I want to write another story that before the third one that I want to put, it's like another prequel sort of thing, or uh, I have a suggestion. All right. So it, the, the ending to that entire saga could be the beginning of your novel, a murder. I, I, could I don't do know that who too. gets murdered. Someone's going to get murdered. <laughs> That'd be something. Maybe not. I, maybe not a good, be... but maybe something uh, that would be interesting because <laughs> i incorporate like a side note again but i i mashed together all three and they're 12 pages so i'm like wow it's more than my novel <laughs> <laughs> Keep on but, and imagine it, making an entire novel in second person i think that would be fun honestly give it a shot i don't know how i would do i mean you probably would want to outline it a bit more a lot more <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I wonder if that's ever been done. I'm sure there's, there's got to be second person novels out there. But this is probably really difficult to write. Yeah, it's a whole way, well, it's a whole different way of writing it. Like I don't think people are used to writing in that way or even thinking in that way. Yeah, I was like, you know, but. should well before we continue with the characters, we should check out Todd's second person story that he just published on his website. Yeah, to see how how it compares to mine and see how better how much better it's going to be well i will say that our two stories are gonna be very different i mean different in a way but it's like if i know what you which one you're talking about i was like i don't know how much different it actually is yeah <laughs> well, i mean it's it's like there's not like a lot of it's like in, in your stories you've got you know the, the driving and the, the throwing up and the alcohol, <laughs> and the alcohol. whereas in my story it, you're mostly just stationary you know, you're, you're, you know, walking back and forth in your room and, you know, you are kind of like contemplating all this stuff going on in your head. It's basically a story on unrequited love 
and you are trying to figure out how to go forward with well it's it's funny because i have a an idea kind of where the next story would be another prequel it would be in between the second and third one but you would be stationary i'm not going to give it away on camera (laughs) (laughs) or uh you know in case it doesn't it doesn't work or if it does work because i have i have one in like the works that basically could be sent out from like a a recommendation that you you gave me from before so that's like ready to go but i'm not i don't know if i want to put that out there yet all right anyway the story like so like i say it's about unrequited love but it's more like you think it's unrequited love maybe it's not but it's kind of like going through the whole like uh the, the, the motions and emotions of being in love and all that stuff and it's, an, it's not really an yeah, we're not story. that far off it's yeah, not I, that far off yeah, it's just, <laughs> yeah I'm, in this story you're not going to go throw up in the driveway you're not going to no but, you're not going to throw up like, but I, I, and I will say like yours are a bit more um, fast paced I feel like yours are more like reading yours it's like I want to keep reading whereas with this one it's more I don't know if it'll have the same because I originally wrote this as a first person story and then I you know I rewrote it as a third fairly recently and well, a couple of days ago actually well two weeks ago from when you read the or from when you watched this i guess november something i don't know I don't 25th know to... it'll oh. be november 25th when or 26 yeah me. well i mean i wrote it november um that ninth i think i don't know time is time is an illusion it's not real just if anybody doesn't know we pre-record these okay <laughs> well, i mean by now if you've been watching them you probably know because i think for halloween we announced so yeah it's halloween even though it's just it's october 10th you know? <laughs> um, i thought on a side note in the future we might we might need to shorten the distance between uh the film and production date to the release date that way we can get information out quicker because like yeah. we're announcing new stuff on like stuff that's coming out like this the story that i just released came out monday what's today friday the, like, it came out the 8th and we're recording this the 12th but it won't show up until the 26th yeah so yeah, that's so. two weeks yeah, yeah yeah we might have to figure that out <laughs> so you know oh there's a number of ways we can do this we can always we can record earlier friday and release day of that's you know that's an option so but we'll, we'll see that we'll figure it out We'll, we'll right. have to work on that in our uh, roundtable meetings with the production crew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, so another interesting take that she had, Unger had, I she she touched on this whole character part more than Atkins did, and she said she likes to see who the characters are and how they mesh together well. So she doesn't really have an outline of it, but she'll continue to go like she'll write and then it's organically like as she's writing see like if this character works well with this one and so on and so forth like for me in my novel i already have chief like i have one character and the other one they don't really get to walk together because one's jealous of the other one and then i have the other two who they riff it the way they riff it it's it's funny because it's kind of like a, it's brother, sister, but also like, yeah, it's like older sister, younger brother sort of thing where 
sisters trying to like help the younger brother out in a way, but they're both because one's uh, a veteran cop and the other one's new. So she's trying to help him out, but he can, he can be stupid and just like gives it back to her. And it's, it, it's an interesting dynamic that I try to flesh out. I need to work on a little bit more than how I just explained it, but, <laughs> but, it does sound but I'm, I'm, but it's, uh, I guess the point I'm coming across is, is that I'm, I already know how these characters are going to interact with each other. Yeah. You know, not, I'm just going to go in today and see if, you know, character one is going to, work with character three or character two works with character three more better you know better mm -hmm. i don't know how how that if you would do that organically like she does or you already have an idea of like how what your characters are gonna it's a little bit of both with. yeah you know some characters you know the way that we design them the, the characteristics you give them and the traits they're they're almost designed to act in a certain to act in a certain way you know if they're more antagonistic or if they're more aggressive you know they're always going to play that kind of role and so there are a number of characters in so my, my first book probably had the most characters i've ever had to work with um and they they were not there's this one character i'm thinking of is this guy who was i forget his name he was a history teacher and in you know in the ensuing chaos of a zombie apocalypse he wanted to run for mayor of this post-apocalypse town and he was really mad because he lost. You know, he said like he's like always antagonistic against the main character and a whole a whole bunch of other people. You know, it kind of backfires later on in the future. But every interaction, that antagonism plays some kind of role in the interaction. So like, even like like no matter what idea or plan that I'm working towards, like that bears itself out in the conversations in the dialogue. So it's, it is organic in a way, but it also structured in that way, if that makes any sense. You no, know, no, yeah, no, you, cause you, it, the, the end, or this character is always antagonistic, but it takes, it depends on what character he's talking to and how yeah. he's going to act towards them in a way. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, that makes sense. Like this particular character is like a little piece of, you know, crap and <laughs> He's like always trying to undermine the main character. Even in it's like it he's even in the the little follow-up novella that I wrote, the triple on top. If you, you know if you ever want to read that. <laughs> um it, which is basically just like an additional few chapters, or I think it's an additional ten chapters to the main book, but not nearly as long. But you know, he's he's doing the same thing, but you know in a different setting. And, yeah. Yeah. So some characters like I also kind of like I designed him for that purpose. But so like you know you could make the argument that he's not even a real character because all that defines him is that antagonism and that you know desire to undercut the main character and their goals and their progress in service of their own self interest and so forth, which is probably what a lot of people generally do, I guess. You know and you know, a lot, not a lot of people, I guess I should reward that. A lot of, that's what some people do, I guess. Right? I don't know. I don't know how to word it, but. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Bad guy, though. I, I don't remember if he dies, but I hope he died. <laughs> but I should know this stuff. And then she, we transitioned to how Unger then 
draws back to nature, which we've also touched on in the cliche episode. And she said, going back to nature or the woods is like going back to simpler times. She, that's how she compared it, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And then, ha, and then she also said, which I've never thought of, but it could be interesting to incorporate is houses in her stories are treated like people and, and how, what kind of energy and experience that happened within them bring to the story and the plot and what's going on. So if there's a house that uh, she describes as a character growing up in and that has, that brings some sort of energy or an abandoned building that a murder happened in that brings a different sort of energy. And I was like, that's, and the way I can't really fully recall how she described it, but I thought it was interesting because I never thought about using, you know, physical structures as a, means of just like moving the plot forward even more than just using characters and dialogue and different kind of details. So I don't know if you would ever want to, if you would ever think about doing something like that or ever thought about doing something like that. I, I never have. Um, I've, I've seen it done before, but yeah, it's, um, buildings are just buildings in my books. <laughs> it's not, I mean, there's not really a whole lot of significance to them. Not yet. Maybe in a future book. Yeah. The only way to know is to follow my website or to follow me on Twitter. <laughs> Quick plug. Yeah. Uh, and then they got into like how many books they write a year and or how many manuscripts they write a year. And Unger said a book a year is comfortable and she thinks that writing is easier than not writing. And she takes a couple of days off of writing at a time but usually it's like almost every single day i do think a book a year is reasonable oh yeah even, if you even, have the time yeah well even working like i wrote i've written all my books while working a full-time job and i think the last the last one i was in school as well oh you know Technically, the, I think the first book I wrote over the course of like three or four years. So maybe that that doesn't really fit the same, you know, thing. But the last two I wrote, I actually wrote them within four or five months. So you know, but yeah, it, it's it's. I think part of it is just finding your, your rhythm. You know, like that's you, that's you what mind. Atkins said. Actually, it's a compulsion, and it, what's it's what drives us. So they're kind of like what what you were saying. It's like the, the last two that I wrote, I so the, the the second one I wrote, I wrote it in 2018 during the summer, and I just I got this like I think I was I was gonna write it during uh, the national what was it Nano Remo the, the the National November Writers Month, which actually hey, it's November. Um, I wanted to do that. You're supposed to write. I think you're supposed to try to write an entire manuscript in one month. It's a hell of a challenge. That's a hell of a cheese. Yeah, you should look look it up when you, you know, after we've uh, con- concluded our filming. Uh, but yeah, Nana Remo. Um, I was gonna do it in 2018, but I, I really wanted to write, and so I, I started writing like a month or two earlier. I ended up finishing. I think I finished writing it in November, actually. Which is no, I, you know, actually, I think I can't remember. Damn my Damn. memory, but I, I think I might have written that one in almost a month. Because I was like, hmm. I, I, it was a rare moment where I was like really 
um, motivated to write. And it was just like, I think I wrote like 55,000 words or something like that, 53,000 words, which isn't a long novel. I think it's only 200 pages, if that. But it was, like, it's really fulfilling. I feel like when you when you have that kind of energy and you're really like just, you know, well, not, not writing out, but typing out, you know, when you're really like going crazy when all you can hear yeah. is the sounds of the keys going back and forth. Yeah. Well, because it's funny because that, that transitions into them saying some days writing is great, other days it feels like work. And then yeah. if you force the creativity, it's much harder than when it comes to like naturally, like you just said, you're, you're in the zone. And, and the product, the finished product itself uh, suffers because of it, I would say. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, 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 I've got work that I forced out because of deadlines that I gave myself. And I've got works that I let happen naturally and organically as I was able to do it. And you can see the difference. Like the, the final short story I wrote for my short story compilation anthology or whatever. Um, I, I was marketing this, this collection as you know, well, it's, you want to buy this one because it's got an extra story that's not available uh, anywhere else, you know, cause I had individually released all the stories on Amazon, which in hindsight, I should have just put them on my website, you know, but anyways, so I was releasing this March, 2019, and I kept putting off writing it, putting off writing it. Finally, I think, you know, 2019 came and I wasn't going to push back the deadline because I kind of refused to do that. Like, I don't want to put it out there and then say, hey, sorry, I'm lazy. So I wrote the short story, but it was, I don't want to call it half-assed, but it was not 100% of what it could have been. It did mm -hmm. not have my full potential in it. Because I was just, it was like work. It was like, oh, I have to write this essay for my class and it's due on Saturday. So I better just do it, even though I don't want to. And I think that's, that's the key that I didn't want to do it. And the story suffered because of it. I, I have gone back over the years and tweaked it quite a bit. I still don't know if it's really what it could be, but it, I think that was the biggest lesson I learned from that experience was don't don't force it you know give yourself yeah. a deadline sure but make it a reasonable deadline so that you can work towards it naturally and not force yourself to just crap out something right yeah because at the end of the day that's what it'll, that's what it'll be if you just force it out it's just crap so uh, at least and for it, me i mean yeah. I, I don't i don't speak for everyone but and then the, the last thing before they got into viewer questions was touched on real life events atkins says he uses it doesn't change a whole hell of a lot uses it as inspiration and it doesn't bother him if someone's like oh i know what this is He's like, okay and then unger doesn't really use it real life events like she'll if she sees stuff she'll might incorporate things but it's not you you can't say oh this happened in 20 you know 17 but you're using the event now in her new book or whatever. Like you don't know that it's just inspiration. Yes. But it's not, you know, verbatim what happened in like yeah. the event. So this is like a starting point. Yeah. So I'm like, well, kind of, I'm kind of like in between the Atkins, like, yeah, I do it sometimes, but I also, I'm like, kind of give a shit of what people think starting to lean towards. Like, I don't really give a shit what people think. If like they can pick out, like what i'm talking about or what i use because yeah 
at least yeah. they're re- at least they're reading it. I got yeah. one, you know, read. <laughs> someone viewed it and read it. Yeah, I mean, it, and I, I still, it's like when it comes to like using like personal experiences. I think, and some way, and I think I mentioned this before, but those using those like raw experiences as inspiration, I feel like actually better the story because you're not trying to come up with something; you're drawing right. on something very real, and that makes the story a lot more genuine in many ways. Yeah. Even though it's fictionalized here and there and it's, you know, embellished, you know, to make it much more readable or much more enjoyable or much more impactful. And right. that's that's kind of been my takeaway on writing about personal experiences over the last couple of years because I have done, I have like done it a lot more than I used to. Well, and then sometimes, and ways. then sometimes I use, you know, thought about what Unger said and I was like, you know, like, I know I've talked about real a lot here, but I picked a certain person and created a story around the certain person. So it's like, it wasn't a real life event, but it was a real person. So it kind of like sits in between the two. Yeah. Uh, you know, trying to think of the word, uh, the two authors uh, opinions uh, or opinions on like what they think about or care about. Anyway, so that was pretty. And then they got into, uh, viewer questions and then it was it i mean it was it was quick yeah any any good questions or any uh questions worth noting i guess that weren't you know how do you write books one one of them was like what the hell does like the guy it was stupid the guy was wearing atkins was wearing a hat that had a g on it and in the chat someone wrote what does the g stand for in your hat i'm like gosh so unnecessary yeah (laughs) But I wonder if they imagine that that would be one of the first questions they get asked. I actually, I think actually, now that you say that, the real life event part was a question. Oh. That was one of the questions, so that's what stuck out. I mean, then they asked actually answered my question. Atkins did about how what is it like writing? Like, how did you get picked to write for the Robert B. Parker estate? And he all he said was like you had to send fifty pages of the character that you're you know the the character that you want to write a story for, and then just see if you're picked by his wife or Robert Parker's wife, longtime agent, and then the editor. So it's like, that's interesting that, you know, that he got picked for it because he's done, I think four. Wow. And then the new one's coming out in January. And he actually, without giving it away, he talked about how he used a, like a, I can't remember if it was a it was a book event I don't know if it was like a something like a web like something that they did last night or he was promoting his new book but he experienced a uh, a man talking about how he didn't like uh, someone in Congress and like they wish they should get a bullet in their head like he just was saying it out loud just so everybody could hear it like in the audience that's what he was saying this, the, the, the guy in the audience was just saying that. Oh, it's an audience member? To... Yeah. yeah. Wait, there, so, what was this during? This was during the one you watched today? No, this no, no, no. It was, he, he, well, he told that, he told okay. that story that from a different experience okay. that he was like, yeah, that this Congress person should be, have like a bullet in their head. Damn. So, that's what like the premise is in a way. And that's how it collected. And then that's how it, it 
you know, connected to using real life events. So that was, that was pretty much the gist of it. I know that took up most of the episode today, but I thought it was interesting and how I, I was hoping to, to hear a little bit more on how, like what the right, their process is. I mean, I know Atkins has his own desk, so he has to actually go to work. It's not in his house. He has to go to his office that looks over like, I don't know, there's a Mississippi. So he looks over the entire state. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But he looks over like a, uh, a water bed or something. I don't know. It's yeah. very inspirational, I guess. But so here's a question. So the guy that writes for my, uh, Robert B. Parker, does mm-hmm. those, those novels, does it just say that it's, is his name included? Yeah. In so it says, so he has, there are three separate series that Robert E. Parker wrote. One is the Spencer novels that Ace Atkins writes. One is the Jesse Stone series that there were actually two or three that do it. Like one did just did two and it was like, I'm good. And then, so someone else jumped in and then there's, Sonny Randall, but that that's like that that's not a big that's definitely on the bottom of the three. There's only a couple, but on all three of them, like it says Robert P. After he died, then it will say Robert B. Parker's Fool's Paradise by whatever by the author. So it's still like the head, the big like the big print is Robert B. Parker, but then on the on the bottom of the the cover it has the author who wrote it on there. So, so if we don't want to write actual novels, we can just piggyback right. off of someone else's ideas and just create our own. I mean, that would be, well, assuming that you can fully understand and uh, realize all the characters, it could be a good idea. Yeah. So it's like, so it would say Robert B. Parker's whatever. And then on the bottom, it would say, Ace Atkins or Mike Lupka or whoever wrote the other one. Ace. And, and then you have the big author picture on the back. Of course, of course. <laughs> I gotta do that for my next book, just put a giant picture of my face on the back. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was like, it makes me feel wish that they had like or if they had like a book promotion to go to one of those things and like you know, hear them read, but then also be able to ask real quite like more questions on how, you know, what does your hat mean? What's your hat mean? And not have like 10 minutes to do it. Cause it was only an hour. Like, I think yeah. they should have extended it a little bit more. Well, that particular event isn't, is that over the course of a, of a few days? I mean, so um, yeah, the, the, it's like a webinar series. They call it, they've done it before they, they didn't do it last year. Yeah, my, my my grandfather actually recommended that I attend because it used to be in, phys- in physical locations, right? Yeah, and I remember he mentioned I don't remember if it was it was years ago, and I never went because I'm kind of lazy sometimes. But yeah, no, it was yeah because if they actually allowed people to attend, it would be better. Yeah, I feel like so you can ask more questions, and it didn't have to be an hour. Yeah. I don't Hopefully. know if it was only an hour because of the Zoom time or what. Yeah, it probably is just scheduling. You know, yeah. I guess like one benefit to the Zoom calls is that you know I, everyone didn't have to come to Tampa Bay area to do it. I'm sure right. they zoomed in from. Well, no, actually, he they were here. Oh, really? 
They were oh. in Tampa. Yeah. Oh. I'll scratch yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. The way they had it was the main, it was like a zoom of the three. It was the two authors and then like the moderator, I guess, who was like prompting questions or that already had come up. And then there was someone who was overlooking it all would pop up and then ask the, the viewer questions that you typed in. Yeah. But again, I think it'd be beneficial for any, for both of us, but then also other authors to like try to attend. Oh yeah. A book I mean, signing or something. Yeah. I mean, any, any kind of, I mean, I don't know if that's, if that would be called a convention what's going on now, but any kind of event where you get all these authors together. I mean, that's, that's definitely worth reaching out and being a part of. Yeah. Well, that's my, I guess that was a very Andy driven episode, but that's yeah. kind of what, it's kind of what you, that's what I learned. So it was, it was interesting. Biggest takeaway was, I guess, character development in a way. And then being able to just, you know, sit down and just write, don't have a, don't have a set. I can't remember which one said, but don't have a set. Don't have a word count. Don't have a set, a number of pages you want to do in a day. Cause that, yeah. once you start forcing things, it's not going to be good. Yeah. That, that is, that's a, that's a key, key concept yeah. there is don't sell, don't force anything, but it all happen organically. But here's a random question that kind of ties to that. Do you, when it comes to, I guess maybe you haven't encountered this yet, but when it comes to, word counts for a novel like like for your novel you're working on do you have a, a goal in mind for how far you want to get or for how long you want the novel to be i guess from all the ones that i've read i'm like okay i guess the the average is i have to hit at least 200 pages so that, i think i think 200 pages is about like 54 000 words yeah so it's like okay I don't really want to have a word count or a page count, but it's mm -hmm. like, okay, 200 is like, you got to go to like this one yeah. that I'm reading now. One that I just got out the library today is 205. Yeah. So like, and another uh, one's like 275, 250. Yeah, 200 is, that's a, like, I shoot for that. And then, like, I just want to get close to it. Like, if I end up at 198. I'm at 198, but like I always, I shoot, I always try to cross 50,000. That's kind of like the, the, the limit. Cause like, if I don't like that, that one book I talked about, the short novella is like, it's this one and it's like really, really thin. And it's, yeah. I think it's, yeah. So I used to be absolute crap at like uh, formatting everything. So there are no page numbers on this, but I have since fixed that. Don't worry. If you buy this on Amazon, it's not garbage. But I don't know. I, I was hoping there'd be page numbers in there so I could reference how many pages it was, but rip. Um, anyways, <laughs> moving on. Um, not very long. And so I didn't want to have that problem again in the future, which is why now I, I shoot for like 50,000 minimum. And then uh, more if I can, if I can add it to the story, but I don't force anything. Well, like that's if I ever wanted to publish my uh, irrational series, you know, I don't really like that the, the title, but it's only twelve pages. Yeah, or well, you could you could do a collection, so like conveniently available. 
is my Look at that. short story anthology, which let's see if it has page numbers in it. How many page numbers <laughs> no. is that? Oh, that's that's sad. Yeah, I I missed out a lot of stuff back then. I would just make word documents and then say, okay, make a paperback, and then it would it it's not a you know it's not a one to one fit like. I used to put these little stars, little dots, you know, to separate paragraphs. Uh-huh. Like, look, look how that turned out. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. So oh, that's all over the map. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So I just want to point this out. I bought this like three years ago, and I've since reformatted all of these so that everything fits properly and you don't have garbage crap. So, uh, yeah, I mean, my, my very first novel, The Fairly Human, used to be kind of like this. I hope it had page numbers, but I honestly don't know. Um, it was just really poorly done, but yeah. Well, that's, that that goes into a whole other part of publishing novels is formatting and making sure that everything is correct. Because like like you I, can type it all out in your Word doc, but the margins have to be a specific way. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. I, if you don't yeah. have it correct, and you end up with garbage like this. I think I definitely. Uh, if I ever come to that point. Or when did I come to that point? I'm definitely sending it out to somebody, you know, I'll just take some, you know, money out of the bank account and be like, okay, I'm not going to try to self-publish this stuff. No? I don't think so. Yeah. Especially because yeah. I don't, I don't want to have to go back and I don't want to have something, no offense like that, already <laughs> out, you know, that yeah. like you got dot, 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 dot. It looks like it's, you know, connect the dots for yeah. you know, form a star on like a kid's menu. Well, the, the problem you know is I mean? like, I just, like there is, so like, Microsoft Word makes it easy to format. The problem is I just didn't know how. And so I just, I did a lot of other things that I thought would format it the way that I needed it to be, but it actually so, kind of made it worse. So, so if I went into my novel draft and went to the format, was there like a tab that says, uh, I don't know, book? There, there might be, but it's like what I did was, I looked at the requirements that Kindle need or Amazon needs to publish paperback and hardcover books. Mm-hmm. And they, they include the margins that you need and all the stuff. And then basically you can just like all the, you can adjust all that in Microsoft Word under various tabs and stuff like that. But it's pretty easy to do. Um, I would say like, if you can manage to get an agent or something like that, like by all means, that's a much better way to go through because you'll actually get paid probably you'll, you'll actually make more money you know it's just a strenuous process well that's why they said they both said writing is uh, what is it writing is for love not financial well-being truer words have never been spoken <laughs> yeah I was I like, you know what you're not wrong yeah. you guys still make more cash than i do yeah it's just it's a Difficult. We'll have to go through that on a future episode. Try to, yeah. or maybe you know, maybe one of our future guests can go through their process of getting published through a traditional uh, publishing company. But if you spend any money at all, though, I would say it's worthwhile either to hire just an editor to make sure your your work works, mm-hmm. or also a cover, a cover designer, because uh, that you know, what do they say? People judge a they say never judge a book by its cover, but a lot of people do. Yeah. So you don't want something boring like this because there's nothing very enticing about that. My, you want something like that. That that looks kind of like whoa. There's something going on here. 
I want to yeah. check out this book. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then again, I mean, my first book, I, I hired a cover designer and I, I might've made a couple extra sales on that, but it looks cool though. I'll say that. There you go. It's a picture of downtown St. Pete, but like the water in the bay is just gone and it's all dried up and hmm. looks very apocalyptic. There you go. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> well, I think we've definitely hit the allotted time frame today. Yeah. Hopefully this the post Thanksgiving. This is a good post Thanksgiving listen because no one's going to want to do every, anything after, you know, eating five pounds of food. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, this is a good thing to just throw it on the TV, eat whatever's left of the turkey, the stuffing, maybe some pumpkin pie, and then just, just lay there and listen to our glorious, graceful <laughs> words on all of these fascinating topics. Uh, you know, because nobody wants to read when you're when you're stuffed. You know, you just want to sit there and, and consume content with your eyes very, and ears. Very good content, I would have to say. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Also, the sun is slowly setting into the the bedroom, so I have yeah. to hold up my shoulder. Yeah, I was gonna say. Lock it. Uh, reminded me of that one song, "Blinded by the Light." Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So. Damn near lost my vision. Well, anyways, I guess it sounds like we're wrapping this up since it, it probably has been uh, like a, a solid hour. Yeah. All the way back when so. we were talking about your. Uh, what was it? Yeah, Italian food. My and, yeah. The, the seven fish is Italian food. Escargot, or what was it called? It was calamari. Well, you calamari. Calamari. Cal calamari. Is it calamari? Is that the same thing? Yes. Different word. Yes. Italian and then uh, alige is our anchovies. That's gross. Okay. I'm, you I'm, could. I, I guarantee you. Okay. Man, <laughs> on this, but I guarantee you, the way it's made, uh -huh. you would like. I just handed you pasta. Because yeah. it disintegrates, like you don't know what's in there. And I said it's just pasta with you know olive oil. You wouldn't know, no clue. I mean, in that case, why add the anchovies at all? If you can't tell, because you can. Oh, I mean, you can tell there's a fish taste to it, but you don't know it's anchovies. What, what brand is it? Is it that? Uh, that I don't know. I don't. I don't. King Oscar I don't, brand. I don't keep tabs on what oh. she buys. Uh, is it like canned stuff from all, from the the probably fish out here? Can you buy I fresh anchovies? Yeah. Frozen? I mean, I don't... Probably at Mazzaro's or something. Oh, yeah. Mazzaro's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Shout out to Mazzaro's. Shout out to Mazzaro's. Arguably, probably the best place for Italian cuisine and uh, deli goods and other uh, fresh items in the Tampa mm -hmm. Bay area. Yep. I've heard that people come all the way from South America just to just to get some of their like pre-made lasagna. I'm so I don't, I don't I know. I've never, I've never heard that, but uh, I mean, I read it on Reddit. Read it on the onion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, read it on the onion. Probably. All right. Let's practice up. My shoulder hurts. <laughs> yeah, thanks for watching. Um, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow, like, and subscribe. Leave a comment if you want. Um, actually, even if you don't want to, leave a comment. I command you, leave a comment. Check that out the, the merch, too. Yeah, 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 if you want to buy a t-shirt that says the writer's block, uh, it's available. If you want a t-shirt that says the writer's block with Andy's face on it, 
let us know in the comments and i will I don't, make it happen i don't, I don't know if you i don't know if we really want that oh well all you need uh, is one comment that says i want this and i will make it happen <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah, I, I, I guess 10 comments that, and I'll, I'll put my face on it i i guess if that sells some stuff uh, sure what the hell i don't know if anybody okay. really wants my face on a back of a t-shirt all right how about this okay so leave a comment whose face do you want on a t-shirt mine or his we'll make it happen okay but of course you already know that everyone wants your face on the t-shirt i don't know about that. I, i'm pretty sure i i, I get DMs on Twitter all the time. Like, Do not. Where's, where's that merch with Andrew's face on right, it? We, we, we need to end this. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, in that case, thanks for viewing this content. Um, yeah. Uh, check out our social media. Check out our our works. You know, he's got stories out. I got a new story out. Let us know if it's good or if it's garbage. And then might, we'll see you. Might have more. I don't know. Or yeah. I might have hopefully had a, thing, a good Thanksgiving. Yes, um, that too. We'll see you next month, and uh, yeah, hopefully the world hasn't like exploded. But, yeah. <laughs> On that note, see ya. See. Ya. <laughs>